Shaggy, what are you doing in the corner? I'm scared, man! <laughs> like scared! Hey gang, and welcome to another episode of a podcast named Scooby-Doo Extra. Now for those of you familiar with the format of the extra episodes, uh, just bear with me while I explain to uh, first-time listeners what the purpose of these episodes are, uh, or you can just hit the 15-30 second advance button, that always works too. So for anybody who's new, the, the essential idea behind the extra episodes is I'm trying to bring some added value content to the Warner Home Video uh, Scooby-Doo releases. Actually, in some cases, uh, as in the commentary that is being covered in this episode, there is no Warner Brothers Home Video release, uh, which I think is a problem, but that's another conversation. Uh, anyways, anytime I interview somebody for the uh, podcast proper, I generally give them the opportunity to come on and do a commentary for an episode that they were involved in, uh, wrote or directed or what have you. So in this case, for this installment, I spoke to Casper Kelly and Larry Morris a little bit ago about their wonderful, wonderful Scooby-Doo project, uh, which was a Blair Witch parody that they did back in 1999. And for its 20th anniversary, I interviewed them and uh, they decided that it would be fun to also do a commentary. And actually, this is kind of a, a special thing because this will be the first of two commentaries uh, that you'll have the opportunity to listen to. I'll be doing another release of a second commentary. This is a commentary they did in 2019, and there is a commentary that was recorded in 2000 that was an in-house commentary uh, at Cartoon Network. So you'll get kind of two perspectives. Perspective from right after they made it to 20 years later, and, uh, and the previous commentary will also have uh, some additional people who were involved with the production. Uh, now for this one, Casper and Larry recorded it uh, independently. They just sent me the file. So the usual kind of lead up conversation and the three, two, one, go is not something uh, that was kind of done. Also, they recorded it based on a YouTube video that they watched. There is now uh, a really good quality video that Larry released based on uh, uh, the DVD that he had from Cartoon Network. It's probably the best quality version of the film that is out there on the internet. I've linked to it. I will be linking to it in the show notes for this. But the video that they used was a YouTube video which they comment on in the commentary. It was, um, I think, probably the one that they found that was the length, the proper length. There are longer ones, uh, longer versions of the Scooby-Doo project that incorporate all the bumpers, all the everything, and it runs a few minutes longer, but this is kind of like the director's cut. So you could probably watch this over uh, the video that Larry released, which I'll be linking to as I said, or if you are finding it's a 17 and a half minute video online on YouTube, whatever your level of access is, that's fine as well. 
So just before we get into it, a brief heads up, there's a really short kind of conversation right at the beginning, and then when they say, here we go, that's when they click play. So rather than the countdown, when you hear, here we go, click the play, and you should be good to go. With that, I will hand the reins off to uh, Larry and Casper. Gentlemen, take it away. All right, Mike, this is our recording for the commentary. We're on a, uh, this is Casper Kelly, and I'm here with... uh, Larry Morris. Yes. Um, We were both writers and directors, along with Steve Patrick of the Scooby-Doo Project. Yes, Ashley Kohler Producing. In 1999. And we're uh, doing the commentary off of a YouTube video. Yes. That has a uh, 400,000 views and has a in memoriam of Casey Kasem at the top of this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I think this is the official... A uh, long version that aired, and that's why we're doing this uh, off of this particular video. So here we go. Uh, obviously, the text up top is mirroring the the movie, um, or at least the movie promo, the movie trailer for Blair Witch Project. I don't know. Yeah. So obviously, Velma is kind of key to the whole thing because she's mirroring. Uh, Heather, the actress character from Blair Witch. This is shot in Canada because uh, that's where the mystery machine was. And it was cheaper to fly us to Canada than to bring the mystery machine to Atlanta. That's right. Fuel prices. (laughs) This is also shot at somebody's, knew somebody who had a house in Canada. And that's where we went because it was free. This is Larry's friend who, the owner of Slopes Barbecue in... uh, Andy McDaniel. This is Stuart Shackley, who worked... Cartoon uh, programming. Luther Boggs. John... What's John's left? That's my mother. Linda Kelly. Linda Kelly there. You know, the, the, uh, who was it? John. It was Colleen O'Hare's ex-husband. Yeah. This is back in Canada. Anything involving the Mystery Machine is shot in Canada. Yeah, it was on a highway, uh, rural highway north of Toronto. And... Um, now we're, we jump back to Buckhead. This is in front of the casting agency where we cast this woman to play this part. Now, was that her house? or No, that was the casting agency. Oh. And I remember vividly having to paint that woman's tooth. <laughs> Chris was painting Casper. Yeah. You were painting that woman's tooth at one point. Oh, is that right? To create blackout. Yeah. That's comedy gold. It's just having Scooby re- repeat a word. <laughs> also, the fact that we were, you know, making making light of the fact that they were animated in this live yeah, yeah. environment. Like, yes. All right. This cemetery is at uh, Larry Morris's... Go ahead. Well, it, it's in Smyrna, Georgia. And so I lived in this house briefly. And this is a Civil War hospital in Smyrna, Georgia, that my friend still owns. His family owns it. And this house had the cemetery in the front of the house Mm -hmm. in the woods. And then it also had what we used later for the uh, hallway chase sequence. And it had the creepy cellar in the basement. So it, it, it was gold. We had a great location. It was free. And then all the other woods 
material. Um, right here. Right here. I, I believe this scene, in this particular this particular scene, excuse me, I believe this was shot near Turner Studios in your work. We had to do some pickups. Oh, this is back when they had that field next to Turner Studios? Um, well, they had some, they had some woods that, yeah. that are still there. Oh, they are? Yeah, and so, so, some of these are pickup shots, but a lot of stuff was shot. A majority of the woods material was shot. Uh, in my childhood home in Alpharetta, Georgia, um, there's a lot of acreage up there that's now being turned into, you know, uh, subdivisions, but we, we shot up there. Sorry. That's a nice cycle. Ooh. That's good tracking by Butch Siebert. Uh, yes. Turner Studios, compositor. Uh, we, we made him a better compositor on this project. Yes. Is what he actually admitted to us. Uh, that's me. Uh, using my dad's old hammer to... I didn't know what the tent. word grommet meant. I think I learned that from you. A grommet? Yeah. 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 I was a camper as a kid. I was a happy camper. Weirdly, uh, the owner of the animation company... Is named uh, Doug Grimmett. Which is not grommet. Not grommet. All right. We, I've been having some bourbon. <laughs> and memory loss yes. after 20 years. Uh, this tent sequence is interesting because a lot of the quote-unquote puppeting that we did, like, you know, moving the duffel bag around and the tent. You know, we were just shaking things with our hands, and the animators were, were creating feet and hands and tail cycles and things. And, you know, a lot of this stuff ended up coming together magically because we had no idea at the time. We were just shooting plates. And then we were using the, the roto of the animation to create the shadow in post. So... Basically, what's happening here is, in this next shot, is you've got me holding the camera, shooting a background plate, and then you've got the animation layers creating the illusion of depth. Yes, and, and it works. Um, and parallax is what they call that, right? So, same thing with here. This is a live, a real flashlight, and we're shooting a black card, so the light of, of, the, of the flashlight is hitting the black card, and then they're just mixing that with Velma's animation. So a lot of simple, simple techniques that, you know, the tracking's done with a couple points there, and it just it just turned out. Which is, again, these days it's easy to do. But in 1999, we were using, like, Quantel, you know, flame boxes that were costing thousands of dollars, you know, an hour or a day to composite. And a, a lot of this footage, um, if if Chris or, or, uh, or Steve wrote... A script I would shoot that script based on their direction they would be behind me and I would be with the camera with a light on top of the camera at night blocking and, and you know directing these pieces so for that Scooby piece we'd put popcorn out on the, on the ground there were tracking points on a stick and then Chris would say no that's too far or you know you should move faster there you know that looked pretty good and we'd watch it we'd play it back on the camera to make sure we got the right take but you know there was multiple takes on a hot summer night you know with playback coming from a, a cassette recorder yeah we had recorded pre-recorded the audio and edited it so the we would got the audio first and then we, which is normal for a cartoon and then we were doing the camera movement uh, to match the audio and there's some digital manip manipulation here. There's definitely some like, like digital push-ins right there. You know, Butch was pushing in and making it look like we were zooming into the woods and, uh, you know, making it feel more like the the Blair Witch Project. 
Um, this was a particular favorite moment <laughs> when Scrappy shows up. I think it was this process was so expensive that we we had to do a lot of POV stuff as well. That's funny. That's utterly frightening. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder kids were going crazy, freaking out. So this this is what I was referring yeah, to. Yeah, that looks great. As the parallax and the lighting. Um, there's an example of this on a making of video I made where we shot lighting passes, or reference passes. But Butch just made that look amazing. I love that. <laughs> you know, we talked a lot on the podcast about tropes, and, and, yeah. and basically it, it was easy to inject what was great about Scooby with this Blair Witch overlay because... You know, Fred can't. Fred can't think of anything except for them to dress up as surgeons <laughs> and operate on the beast or the creature. Now we're back in Smyrna at the at the uh, cemetery. Somebody was. Somebody loved a Hawaiian Hawaiian pie. <laughs> Also, it's interesting, I think, like, we were in our 20s, and people in our 20s is sort of, we're the most removed from what children would want, I, or no, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Right, no. You're, we yeah. were kind of writing for ourselves. Yeah, well, yeah. You're, you're also doing a Blair Witch parody, yeah. so you, you want to be true to the source of what you're parodying. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love that, where you just see a tiny bit. Yeah, that was that was actually kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> the... the, the the monster was this I forget was this an original uh, monster that we created for this or did, was it based on a, a show? I don't remember that's a good question I feel like we got it from a style guide yeah. a Scooby style guide oh yeah there you go Scooby, <laughs> Scooby's over there okay this, this is great so basically we found these dog treats these are real dog treats real dog treats that had these fake grill marks on them so they kind of look like Scooby snacks and then Chris is just off screen and I'm directing him and he's actually reaching in there and grabbing it and we covered his hand up with animation. I mean... Chris is also Casper if you're wondering. Yes. He's one and the same. Yeah. Uh, this has a little bit of the sense of dread <laughs> and fear. like. Well, again, And comedy. I like that you've mix. Never, yeah, you've never seen the gang like this. You've never seen them in a panic. At least I try to look feminine. Chris slaved over the timing on that. How long that slow burn. I think Butch had to slow the video down even to make it last longer. This is a this is an angle of Velma you would never see. Right. And uh lots of I made, yeah. That's making me laugh. I didn't I don't I, remember these. Jokes. I made I made that map. <laughs> That's fantastic. Elementary Photoshop skills. This is the only effect that didn't ever work as successfully. Uh, we wanted animated footprints like they have in the cartoon. So we had to track those on the ground. It feels like we could have just used construction paper. But it had to be animated. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's true. That's fair. <laughs> we wanted cartoon footprints. I love that blurry depth. Yeah. Yeah, the depth of focus is amazing. Now this was shot. This was definitely shot outside of Turner Studios in the woods. There's a little pocket of woods still to this day, next to Turner. 
And Chris was not happy about Shaggy's model right here. That's the only model that's kind of a fail. Is that right? Yeah. I remember you, you were very upset about the way Shaggy looked. But how great is it that Shaggy eats on that? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Such a time killer. I think I think we had to kill a lot of time, but it's great writing. Yeah. Now that was reused. So yeah, to, to answer some questions about reuse animation, that was a that was a walk cycle. We yeah, I whole, think we had cycles yeah. and, and what we would call backflap. This is this is obviously not the official edited version of the long version that we did, but it's it's close and it covers a lot of territory. So yeah, there's there's some reuse right there. That's weird. Well, is that how we ended it? No. More reuse. <laughs> Which you know, Shaggy, Shaggy would freak out if there was stale yes. Scooby Snacks. I, think I mean, good, that's yeah. that's. classic we had to do the you know there was definitely some classics we had to do the lost classes yeah we had to do scooby snacks we had to do the, the hallway chase are those your glasses those are my glasses i've been wearing the same dark rim glasses since that same uh since 1998 so why they're not animated i don't know I love how Fred just keeps getting more and more worked up. I wrote this script. I'm so in touch with the feminine side of of, uh, of myself to talk about broken nails and I mean. That's a great sh scared. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That was here we go. So yeah, if you're if you're listening to this only, I've said this a couple of times. This right here proved that we could make the Scooby-Doo project. That run sequence. Yeah, it looks amazing. We did that first. This is the nail theme that Larry's continuing. Yeah, the nail theme. Also, uh, we called it a that scarf and not, instead of an ascot. And people have gotten on to us about that. Freddie lost his scarf. That's All weird, right. yeah. This is the uh, Rough House. This is in uh, Smyrna, Georgia. It has been restored recently from a fire. Last year, we had a fire in this house. It was perfect because it wasn't overly decorated. I don't remember removing a bunch. Well, cause was it, it decorated? He had just gotten married, oh. so it was, it, was almost, it was still a bachelor pad. Oh, okay. But basically, uh, this, was, this was an incredibly hard sequence to put together. There was lots of render time. Uh -huh. uh, Butch spent so much time on this, and it was so, so easy to shoot. But it took a lot of compositing. I love the timing of it. I love it. 
All we had to do is just have somebody open that door and shut that door. Also, everything was graded, so, you know, to look like 16 millimeter and to match the film. <laughs> this still haunts me. Because <laughs> that scene in the movie terrifies me. But it had to be Shaggy. Yeah. Especially because that guy in the movie likes Shaggy. Yeah. And this is uh, the little scene, unmasking scene. So I assume we cast him? We did cast him. His, uh, oh, I remembered his name just the other day. I, th- I, th- I thought that we'd... I think we had to do this because the ending on the shaggy in the corner and the camera dropping was too scary. Well, I think also because we wanted to do an un- unmasking sequence. Oh, yeah. Also, I think looking back on this, we should have had like a whole family there. Have like, the kids, you know, like dad. But there's really a monster that's not really uh, just him in that mask. This <laughs> is scary as well. I remember showing this to my nephew, and I was so worried he was going to start crying as soon as that came up. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's it. It's the Scooby-Doo Project. These credits are not accurate. No, they're not. All right. Well, that was the Scooby-Doo Project 20 years later. Hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot enjoyed of fun, it. Yeah, we had a lot of fun, fun watching it and going down memory lane. I don't know if I remember much of it, but <laughs> you obviously do. It was, it was great times. Uh, this is Casper Kelly. This is Larry Morris signing off. Thank you for watching and listening. Bye. And there you have it, gang. That was the 2019 commentary for the Scooby-Doo Project with writer-directors Larry Morris and Casper Kelly. Now, as I said in the intro, there will be a second commentary that I will be releasing It was uh, courtesy of Larry Morris, who uh, ripped it from the DVD that was produced in 2000 uh, in-house at Cartoon Network. And that commentary features uh, both Casper and Larry, but also Ashley Kohler and Steve Patrick, who were the other two who worked on uh, the project with them. So I'm looking forward to getting that put together and put out as well. Shouldn't take too long. But until then, I hope you enjoy this commentary. And uh, if you enjoyed this commentary, uh, check out the interview that I did with Casper and Larry where we talk extensively about the Scooby-Doo project and working at Cartoon Network back in those early days. You can find those on uh, episode 30 and 31 respectively of the uh, podcast proper. I'm going to be linking to those in the show notes. I'm also going to be linking to the uh, videos, two videos. The first video will be the actual YouTube video, the bootleg that Casper and Larry used to record this which is the one that has the Casey Kasem intro and the the bogus credits, which they comment on in their commentary. But I'm also going to be posting a link to the proper Vimeo video. That is the one that Larry ripped from the in-house DVD. And it's the best quality Scooby-Doo project that's out there. Uh, I've linked to it before. And uh, you can watch it with either. Um, There might be a slight bit of cognitive dissonance if you're watching the commentary with the proper video just because of the like the Casey Kasem comment and the and the credits comment but I think I think we're all capable of of managing that so it's all good anyways if you guys want to reach the podcast or let me know what you thought of this commentary or uh, the interviews or whatever you can find me on all the social medias I'm either at Scooby-Doo cast or a podcast named Scooby-Doo I'm on Twitter Facebook uh, Instagram YouTube 
and there's also a WordPress blog, uh, scoobydoocast.wordpress.com. I post the odd blog post there, but recently I've been doing these things called the Apocalypse Variations, where I interview people who uh, did covers for Scooby Apocalypse and just kind of get some of uh, their insight on the process of creating that artwork and the images they chose and their connection to Scooby-Doo and uh, those are pretty cool and depending on when you're listening to this podcast I'm going to have uh, Yasmin Putri is the uh, most recent edition I'm going to be posting that probably on the weekend this is being released on a Tuesday maybe before that who knows everything is random here everything is random at a podcast named Scooby-Doo as regular listeners probably already know but I look forward to hearing what you guys think if you want to support the show like follow subscribe uh, share uh, on all the social media uh, wherever you're getting the podcast from whether it's apple podcasts youtube spotify helps with the algorithms helps get the show into the minds and ears of potential listeners and uh, if you know anybody who likes animation or scooby-doo or hannah barbera this uh, might be a podcast they'd like to listen to so feel free to share it with them and uh, spread the love word of mouth is a powerful tool and uh, i am not afraid to utilize it to encourage it to weaponize it So thank you guys so much for checking this out. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time. A big thank you to Casper and Larry who gave uh, so much of their time and resources to putting these things together, both the interviews and the commentaries. Much, much appreciation to those gentlemen. They are top-notch in my book. They are very good friends of the show. And uh, I look forward to possibly talking to Casper again because there's another short out there, Night of the Living Dew. We'll see. But until then, I have been your humble host, Mike Josick. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next time on a podcast named Scooby-Doo Extra.